we're going to look at the, the letter to the Philippians. And instead of really thinking about a man, the, the first convert known in Philippi was a woman named Lydia. A lot of us think that if a man doesn't do it, then we're all in trouble. But the reality of it is, Lydia was the first one that was reached uh, in, in that area. And she encouraged those men to come and, and stay at her house so that she could learn more of the gospel. And in Philippi, there was so much there. This was the first church in Europe uh, founded by uh, Paul and I believe on his second missionary journey. And Paul was, a, was one who truly loved this church. They were a strong church. They had a little bit of division from time to time, but overall, they were a very strong church. They were a church who uh, had great leadership. Um, it was one that Paul would would write in letters of encouragement, of endearment. Um, he also, in his letters, had letters of warning. There's a part in there where it speaks of not letting those on the outside come in with the wickedness. Don't go backwards in your faith. And Paul loved this church. He loved the church in Philippi. But he, he's going to write something in chapter 3 that I want us to focus on today. Something that I'm sure Lydia would have understood in her day Um of pressing forward, of moving forward, of pursuing godly life. And that is where we should be this morning, is pursuing a godly life. So let's stand together as we read from Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. If you're worried about your children, I know we don't have the nursery this morning. That is fine. There's the cry room in the back, or you can simply leave them in. They're not going to bother me. I can preach over them. I promise. They're good. Don't, don't let that bother you, please. Let's look at this. Philippians 3, and it says, now that I have, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we ask this morning that you give us understanding, you give us wisdom into your word, that we can understand that we are to press, we are to push forward. We are to strive to to go ahead in this spiritual life. We should never be satisfied with where we are. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Dioko is the, that's the best I can say it anyway. You're looking here at the Greek word, which means to actively pursue, to press forward, and also to willingly suffer. This word can be used in, a multiple, uh, in multiple ways. And we're going to look at all three of these this morning. Paul was saying that he is pressing on, that he is pushing forward. He's actively pursuing uh, the godly life. That means that that he is not satisfied with just church attendance. He wasn't satisfied with just being a Christian. He was pushing ahead to be changed, to to quicken the process of what God is doing with us in sanctification. He was doing all that he could to pursue the godly life. And and so he, he says here at the beginning, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, in other words, I, I know I'm not there yet, but, but because of that, I'm going to continue to press forward. I, I'm going to 
actively pursue no matter what the cost, I'm going to continue to follow after God. And he says that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Here's where God is really dealing with my heart, and I know it, and I, and I fall backwards constantly um, on this. But I know that what God desires for me is to move forward, to never go backwards, and not to be comfortable. Uh, how many of you have found out that when you are comfortable in your Christianity, that's when you get in the most trouble? It's when we begin to relax because we are finally, we're better than we used to be. We're moving forward. Things are good. And the reality of it is, is that in that moment, that is when we are most vulnerable. And so what Paul is saying is, I'm never going to be comfortable. I refuse to to just say I am good the way I am, but instead I'm going to press on. I'm going to actively pursue. I'm going to press forward, even willingly suffer. He says in verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward. I actively pursue, he is saying, the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, if this is the first church in Europe, they're going to face a lot of issues. They're going to face a lot of pressure. They're going to face a lot of temptation to go backwards in life because they would have been just a few people who were different than everyone else. All right? So imagine if you were to go into, uh, let's say, Houston, and you were to finally come to a place and you, you plant the first church in Houston. Nobody else there knows anything about God. There's not a lot of Jews there. There's mainly Gentiles, so they really don't have any idea of who God is. And you go in and you, you start your first church there in Houston. You are going to be the odd man out in everything. You're going to be the weird guy. You're going to be the one that nobody understands. Man, what are these people doing? They built this building down there, and they sing these songs. They preach about this Jesus who's been crucified It would have been easier for a lot of these people in Philippi who were believers to just sink backwards, just to go backwards and and say, you know what, I I don't want to be a part of this any longer. So what Paul is saying is, listen, I am telling you, we must push forward. We must actively pursue godliness in this life. No matter what everybody else is doing, you and I must push forward. Folks, in 2021, we must push forward. We must grow. This should be a year that change takes place within Pine Island Baptist Church. It should be a a year which change takes place in each of us individually. We must be actively pursuing, pressing forward. Men, you're responsible for men. Women, you're responsible for women. Children, listen to me. You're responsible for yourself. Now, obviously, God has put the man there as the head of the house. Ladies, you are there beside him. Children, you get this in your heads. You are under their authority. So if a child wants to know how can I do better in 2021, you can mind your parents. You can respect your parents. You can honor your parents. You say, well, none of my other friends do. So what? You're the one who's actively pursuing. You're the one who is pressing forward in your Christian faith. And part of being a child is listening to the authority and obeying the authority in your life. Any of you teenagers struggle with obeying authority? If you do, just real quickly, raise your hand. Yeah, we're going to come back to you all here in a few minutes. 
I love it. Let me make it easier for you, okay? For all of you teenagers, you sweet, precious, innocent children who don't seem to know your own faults. How many of you adults struggle with following authority? Just raise your hand real quick. Yeah, there we go. How many of you kids, how many of you youth, how many of you children struggle with admitting my own faults? Just raise your hand. Some of your kids, some of your parents just raised your hand for you. Some of your parents just mentally slapped you, okay? It's like, get that hand up. Pursuing, moving forward, press forward, actively pursue, willingly suffer. None of my other friends have to put up with this. So what? Your parents love you enough to drag you to church. Your parents love you enough to put the right influences in your life. But each one of us must come to a place where we are actively pursuing. We are doing it on our own. We are seeking, seeking God above all things. You see, there's a lot of things that we struggle with in this life. And Paul understood it. And that's why he said, listen, don't get comfortable. Be willing to be uncomfortable. Folks, actively pursuing, that is an action. That is something that we are doing. Okay? When, when I was in uh, high school, I wanted to be a better athlete, so I actively pursued that. I, I, I ran. I did types of things. I didn't look like this. Um, I did things that, that I had a goal in mind, and I had set that goal, and I was pushing for that goal, and, and I wanted to do more. I, I, eventually, I wanted to be able to play college ball. I had all these great ideas, and I, I did everything I could to push towards that. Now, God had other plans, and I'm thankful for that. But my mind was set on being a better athlete. My mind was set on being in shape. My mind was set on being all that I could be so that people would recognize what I was doing. I pursued that goal. I got up early. I worked hard. I stayed late. I did all the things that I wanted to do to reach that goal. But then in our Christian life, I find myself sometimes going... I'm really tired. God will understand. It is okay. I'm just going to relax for a while. And that moment that I quit actively pursuing God is the moment that I began to go backwards. Boy, as an athlete, I knew what I wanted. But as a Christian, I find myself weak, weak, falling back. And that is why Paul is saying, listen, we must press forward, actively pursue. Titus chapter 2 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Folks, zealous, pushing forward with excitement, with exuberance. Just, God, thank you for getting me out of the hole of life that I was in. And he says, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Folks, you and I, just like it says in Titus, we must be seeking righteousness, living soberly and godly in this present age. 
But how do we do that? Well, we got to go back and read the first part. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. That's where your pursuit is. Your pursuit starts by denying the things that you don't need in your life. Being able to let go of things that are in the way of your pursuit. Pushing things out of the way, getting rid of them, having nothing to do with those things, getting rid of those things, and then your pursuit begins. When you become a Christian, you become a Christian because of the grace of God. You become a Christian because of the goodness of God. You become Christian because of the faithfulness of God sending his son, Jesus Christ. And the moment that we become a Christian, we began to realize there are things in our life that have to change. And part of that is denying ungodliness and worldly lust, getting rid of those things that are in our way. And then we begin to press forward. Then we begin to actively pursue righteousness, godliness in this present age. If y'all haven't noticed, things aren't changing anytime soon. Have y'all notice that? The more you watch the news, the more, how many of you be honest, if you watch the news, the angrier you get. And then you have people that look at the news and go, well, I just can't, I just don't understand why all you Christians are mad. Well, I kind of agree with that. Why would we be mad when we knew this was going to happen? Why would we be so angry when we see the world around us falling like it is? Why would we be so mad when we knew this was going to happen? Folks, if there's ever been a time in our life, for those of us who live today, that we need to be actively pursuing God, it is now. It is now. So let's talk about what it looks like. Let's look at this. Psalm 34, 14. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This is something that we don't see any longer. As a matter of fact, here's the idea of seeking peace. You've got to think just like I think, and then we'll both have peace. But the Bible tells us, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Folks, no matter what other people do to you, think of you, you are to seek peace. And you're to pursue it. Proverbs 15, 9, the way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. We read that again. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. You see the things happening in our world today? Especially right here in the United States, an abomination to the Lord. And then he says this, but he loves him who follows righteousness. Again, who pursues, who seeks after, who desires, who moves forward. He loves him who follows righteousness. 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue love. And desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. A lot of you are like, oh, I want to prophesy. Folks, prophesy is speaking the truth. It's speaking the truth. It's, it's sharing the gospel. It's giving people the truth of the gospel. It's, it's sharing the Bible with people. So, yes, you have that responsibility to prophesy. Every one of us has that responsibility uh, to do that, to share the gospel. Romans 12, 14 says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and what? Do not curse. Boy, this is going to be a challenge in 2021, isn't it? I mean, if we're going to follow God, if we're going to actively pursue him, 
We've got to know his word. And his word says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Anybody in here going to have to like pin that one on the refrigerator door so every morning they get up? There it is to remind them, no matter what's done to me today, I have a job, I have a responsibility, and it's to bless those who persecute me, bless and do not curse. I I saw something recently that said, did you pray for your tormentor today? Did you pray for your tormentor today? Some of you are like, yeah, I pray for my spouse. Can you honestly pray for those who curse you? Can you seek to do good to those who want to hurt you? How do you think the Philippian jailer came to be saved? Paul, who is in jail for a totally horrible reason, begins to sing and pray. And God rocked the jail. Why? Because Paul was doing good. Despite being wrongly imprisoned. And because of that, a Philippian jailer comes to know the Lord. Why? Because someone was willing to bless those who persecuted him. Now here's the next one. This, you're going to love this one. All right. If we love that verse, you're going to really love this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.15, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. How many of you have ever had the attitude that what would be good for both of us is if I got you back for what you did to me? Well, that's not the Christian value. That's not the Christian life. Instead, let's look at this again. He says, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. My wife has to remind me of this on occasion. Tom, that's not exactly how we ought to be thinking now, is it? See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for both yourselves and for all. How's that working out for you? If we're going to pursue godliness, if we're going to do what is right, we are looking here at the scripture. Hebrews 12, 14 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Listen, if we're a believer, what should we be seeking? Our desire should be peace. Our desire should be holiness. And, and, if, and if that's the case, then that should be the mark of the believer. Let me read this again so you understand it. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That should be a mark of the believer, pursuing this. 1 Peter 3.11 says, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Do you understand that seeking, we are, we are, we are, this is not natural for us. This Christian journey that we are on is not a natural process for a person who was born under sin. We watch little children, little bitty babies. They act just like their parents. They throw an absolute fit when they don't get their way. 
It is the natural bent of the, of the, of the human being to go against the scripture, to go against God. That's why Paul is saying, listen, don't get comfortable. Pursue and seek God because every day will give you a new challenge. How many of you have found that out? How many of you have ever thought, if I just get away and recharge, I will be so much better. But when you go to get away and recharge, you've got thoughts that come in your head that you haven't thought for, that you hadn't thought in years. You have things take place. The journey is hard. You, you realize that everything you thought it would be, it was not. And, and, and you get frustrated. Listen, you and I must pursue God every single day. Pursue holiness every day. Pursue godliness every day. And we do that when we turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Folks, we are doing this and it's not natural to us. Romans 14, 19 says, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace. I've been in enough, and I, y'all hear me say this all the time, but it's true. I've been in enough Baptist business meetings to know that there are a lot of people who don't understand that verse right there. Anybody ever been in one of those Baptist business meetings where people didn't understand this verse? Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace. I've been in business meetings where people walked in and, and they've gathered up people that don't even come to church anymore. But they brought them in to vote, right? They've gathered up their side and they're coming in for battle, for war. They're coming in because they're ready and they're going to fight it out. And their side is going to win. And yet the Bible says, therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace. I was once in a business meeting years ago. I was just a teenager. And I was sitting in a business meeting at a church out on the lake. And I remember we're sitting there and there are people that come in that I have never met in my life. But they were there to vote. And I just remember there was a big issue with some things going on. And I, I never will forget our pastor. Our pastor stood up in the middle of that meeting as he began to see what was going to happen, and he called for a time of prayer. And one of those deacons in that church said, we've had enough prayer. Wow, right? I didn't realize you could ever have enough prayer. The pastor's calling for prayer because he's looking to seek peace, right? Right? But this particular deacon has had enough and he wants his peace to be his way. Needless to say, that deacon got what he wanted and eventually he left. Because he realized that what he wanted just broke up the church. Folks, we should be seeking peace. Make for peace. Everything that we do should be about peace. And he says, and the things by which one may edify one another. Build each other Yo, I've, I've pastored long enough to know that we can be vicious to one another. We can be vicious. We can be hateful and rude and mean. People forget what kindness is. And a call to, to the Christian, something that we must pursue, is to edify one another. Build one another How many of you sometimes just need somebody to say, you're doing a good job? 
It's kind of nice to hear that sometimes. It always feels good to be told, <coughs> excuse me, that, hey, you're doing a good job. That's part of being the Christian. That's part of being a Christian. I've watched some of you, when things fall apart, come alongside the one who maybe even caused everything to fall apart, and you just put your arms around him and say, hey, we're going to get through this. That's edification. That's bringing peace. Somebody does something that you think is really dumb, and instead of letting them know how dumb it was, you look at them and you say, you know what? We're going to figure this out. But what is our normal reaction when we see somebody do something dumb? It's to call them out, right? We've got to push forward. We, we have to change our reactions and our responses to people in 2021 and learn to edify one another. And here's what we have to learn. 1 Timothy 6.11 says, But you, O man of God, flee these things. Previous to this, he had given a whole list of some things that were going on in the churches and things that had to be taken care of. And he's telling them, flee these things. And he says to this, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Anybody in here struggle with patience? Just raise your hand. Anybody struggle with patience? All right. Guess what you are to do? You are to pursue patience. You are to pursue it. You are to, now listen, be careful what you pray. God, teach me patience. Negative. You're asking for it. Lord, give me more patience. No, 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 no. Lord God, help me to use what you've given me. Lord God, help me to understand that you have given me grace. Patience is grace. Do you understand that? Patience is grace. God, you have granted me grace. You have given me grace. Lord, may I extend that grace to those who get on my nerves. That's patience. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. This is our job for the new year. It's not easy. It is not easy, but but it doesn't matter. This is part of the Christian life is to push forward, to pursue. And we've got to grow up. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You, you young people, listen to me. I know in your culture, you're supposed to stick your body out there for guys to worship. That, that's the idea. That, that's what I honestly believe that they made Snapchat for. I think Satan invented it. And, and, and he was like, this would be the perfect avenue for girls to sell themselves out. And those of you who are parents and you don't think your children are doing anything, you're the real problem because you don't know your kids. Your children have been attacked by Satan and you have no idea Because the youthful lust of this world has become commonplace. This is what is accepted now. And so for the young girl, the young boy, listen to me. The Bible is very clear. Here it is saying to you, flee also youthful lust. You got to be like 
unlike any other one in your school. You have to be unlike anybody else of your peers. You've been called to be different. Putting yourself out there with barely anything on, putting yourself out there in a sexual suggestive way. This is what we see constantly in our world today. And while the world's telling you it's cute, God is saying it is sinful. But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Young ladies, don't sell yourself out for a like. Don't sell yourself out for a like. But be sold out for Christ. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus says to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, this is that part of willingly being persecuted. Willingly put myself out there to have myself mocked, to have myself uh, put put on a display for the world to see that, that that man's an idiot because he believes in Jesus. This man's an idiot because he doesn't agree with same-sex marriage. This man's an idiot because he doesn't believe that, that the world should just change and the Bible should change with the world. No, 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 folks. The world should change according to the Scripture. But what our churches are doing is they're hijacking the Bible and they're trying to make it match what the world's doing today. So Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, how many of you want to go after Christ? Be honest. If you want to, if you want to pursue Christ, raise your hand this morning. All right, good. So let me, let me give you what you got to do. Then you have to deny yourself. Uh, that goes back to what we were just talking about previously. You have to deny yourself gratification. You have to deny yourself instant gratification where people hit a button and like you because you put a picture of yourself out there or you put a, uh, some ugly joke out there. Or you did something where you were sharing something that you shouldn't have shared. You have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Well, guess what they did to Jesus? They hated him. They persecuted him. They hung him on a cross. And Jesus is telling you, pick up your own cross. Why? Because he's telling you, if you're going to pick up your cross, be ready because you're going to be tormented. You're going to be hated. But that cross is a sign of victory. You hear me? You and I cannot have success in life until we die. We die to ourselves first. And then the world may kill us, and that's okay, because if if they kill us, guess where I'm at? Paul said to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with Christ. Isn't that good? Mark 10, 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. One thing you lack. How many of you have almost, you're almost there. I'm almost ready to pursue God. I'm almost all the way there. I'm, boy, I'm ready to follow God. And then you realize that you never quite make it. Why? Listen to what he says. One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor. Anybody in here ever had something that you really loved and you felt compelled to give it away? Was there not an internal battle going on? Like you knew you were supposed to give this away, but man, you worked hard to have this. 
I pursued this. You probably pursued it like you should be pursuing your Christianity, right? But you pursued it and you, you grabbed what you wanted. And now God is saying, you got to give that away. And the hard part is you got to give it to somebody who in your mind doesn't what? Deserve it. They didn't earn it. Give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. We forget those, those parts. The only thing we focus on is, i got to give it up. But what does Jesus say? If you give it up, you have treasure. What we have on the earth is temporary. Our treasure in heaven will last all eternity. It's worth the sale, folks. It's, it's worth it. There's Abraham... He has waited a long time. Matter of fact, he he even tried his own way to have a son. And he went out of God's will and had a child. And and now, finally, he's been blessed with a son named Isaac, right? And and Abraham, man, you know he's got to be proud. And he's a father. And this is my son. And, and, and man, wow, look look what God has done for me. And what does God call Abraham to do? sacrifice his own son. Some of you in this room are going, what? God God called for him to do what? Man, God's got to be mean to do such a thing. So what does Abraham do? The Bible says he got up early in the morning because he had to get this done. He was going to follow after God. And he believed that if he were to take, Abraham, take Isaac's life, what did he believe? If you've read the story, you know what he believed, right? God could what? Raise him from the dead. He wasn't worried about it. He had that much faith in God. And so up the mountain they go. He tells the servants to stay behind. And there's the son. He's the, the boy that's going to die is carrying the wood. They have the fire. And the boy looks at his father and he says, but where's the sacrifice? And he said, Abraham looks at his son and he says, God will what? God will provide. The Bible says, this is what's amazing to me. The Bible says that Abraham binds up his son and puts him on the altar. Some of you are like, well, why does that impress you? Nowhere in there do we see where Isaac is fighting where Isaac is angry. Do you see the trust of the father and the trust of the father? Abraham takes his knife and he raises his knife to bring down most likely upon the chest of his son. And God stops him. You know why? Because God was not after Isaac. God was after Abraham. Abraham, how much do you love me? And Abraham said, God, I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do, even if it's take the life of my child. In 2021, you and I must pursue God with everything we have. And trust that whatever you truly need, God will provide.
lot of us are going to be like the rich man. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. I wonder how many of us this morning in our mind we're saying, oh, I want to follow God. But I just can't right now. It was a Monday, 1990. In the fall, God began to put a call on my life to be a preacher. And I knew for a fact that God was calling me to be a pastor. He said, Tom, this is your heart. This is what I want you to do. And Monday afternoon, after football practice, that burden was so heavy on me. And so what I told God was, very simple, when I get done playing football, when I get done playing football, I will... I will surrender to ministry. And Friday night, God said, your career is done. Any sort of college, any sort of anything, you're you're, you're finished. I never played another down after that, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm thankful I never did. Because when you argue with God, you better pray that he wins. Because if you ever win, you are in deep trouble. That Friday night, God saw to it that a man hit me so hard that for the next three months, I was in and out of the hospital in Houston so they could fix my heart. But during those times, I had an aunt come visit me in the hospital, my Aunt Cindy. Had no clue what was going on in my life, none whatsoever. And my Aunt Cindy comes into my room, and she looks at me, and she says, how long are you going to argue with God? You want to keep kicking against God? You go right ahead. You teenagers that, that think you're gonna one day one day I'm gonna figure one day I'm gonna figure it out. You better start figuring it out now, because I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. The, the world has changed so much. You may not get later. Pursue God with everything, even if it means persecution. Take up your cross and follow Him. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you call us. God, we thank you that you grab us even if we're fighting it because you love us that much. God, you didn't need me to do anything, but I needed to do this. You didn't have to have me, but God, I had to have you. And I pray that in this new year, Lord, we will pursue you above all things. 
that we will desire to come after you even if it hurts. Dear God, change us. Rescue us from ourselves, Lord. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Snatch them in pity from death in the grave. God, that's, right now, that's even the church in America. She doesn't realize she's dead. Lord God, may we pursue you with all of our being. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.